Let us go into the house of the Lord. And we are grateful that you're here on this day. I want to start with some announcements, and then we're going to have a very short business meeting. Um, the ushers, uh, in fact, deacons, while I'm making announcements, go ahead and pass out the ballots. If you're a member of our church, and remember that's not Sunday school, but you've joined uh, by baptism or moving your letter here in the worship center, would you raise your hand as the deacons come by? They'll be passing out the ballots. It's just for the members of the church family. And as soon as you get those, I'll go ahead and give directions and we'll, we'll pick those up. Um, we ask you to nominate three. If you nominate four, we're going to throw it away because we don't know which one to throw away. Uh, you can nominate two or one, but you have to, but you cannot nominate more than three. On the ballot is a list of folks currently serving or going off. They cannot be nominated again. So please read that list and don't nominate folks who are currently serving or who are rotating off. The Constitution says you have to be off one year before you can serve as a member of the diaconate. Uh, and we uh, would then ask you uh, to, and I hope you've gotten a couple of the one call nows, to prayerfully be considering to this point who you'd like to nominate. And uh, you may go ahead and write those down uh, as you are prepared. And uh, once you've received your ballot, obviously you can put your hands down, but if you haven't received one, make sure you get the attention of deacons. Uh, there's still some here in the back. Uh, I think we're getting them. If you're a member of the nominating committee, we're going to ask you to meet right up here at the end of worship simply for us to have a chance to decide when we can get together to meet. So if you are a member of the nominating committee, I think Reed uh, will lead that meeting and it will be to determine when we can get together. We need to get that process started. So if you are a member of the nominating, some were elected this morning, we would appreciate you doing that. Go ahead and nominate if you will. Once you have nominated, fold it one time. Remember no irigami, don't, don't make animals or just fold it one time and pass it to the center if you would. And once it's there, we'll give a chance for everybody to nominate. Uh, our deacons will come by and, and collect those. So three names or less and Fold it one time. While you're waiting, a couple of things that aren't in the in the bulletin uh, at four o'clock this afternoon. All those going to Caswell, parents and youth. We'll meet in the youth room, and tomorrow night at 6 p.m., the weather permitting, there'll be a pool party for the youth uh, in uh, the Bridges Pool. So we would invite you to uh, note that. VBS workers, please remember there's a meeting at 2 o'clock this afternoon in the gift Sunday school class uh, for all those working in vacation 
Bible school. Got one up here, David. You see the need for more people. We don't have enough right here to pass them down to the center. So help us with that. We would we would greatly appreciate that as well. We have them all? Okay. Do we have all the ballots? Nomination slips, whatever we call those. Okay, we have them all. Very good. Thank you for your help with that. On the, uh, whatever that is, on both sides, uh, we have some information about our um, Monday and Tuesday, starting not this week, but next week. David Haley will be with us. You, many of you were here when he preached the revival for us a couple of years ago. Uh, David will be bringing our message on Monday night, New Direction. If you were here during WMU Sunday, it's a Christian bluegrass band. will be leading us in evening worship uh, on Tuesday night. We could put these wherever you might. If you've got a business or know where you could get them in a business, there are several here. Put those up and invite everyone. Uh, this Tuesday night, weather permitting, well, we're going to meet anyway, aren't we, at 7 and W.C. Harwood, it, the Outreach Committee, and anybody who'd like to come help us, we, we know there are 80 new homes on Farrell Road, and we're going to try to make sure we give a personal invitation to those we are aware of the weather, but if it's where we can, we want to go out, and we've got some things we'll be stuffing uh, with a cup and some information about the 410 Project, about Vacation Bible School, about the community meal Thursday week. We're inviting the whole community. We need you to help us invite the whole community to come and be a part. Why is that significant? Isn't it wonderful if we could bring folks who've never been to Flat Springs here, share a meal with them, introduce ourselves to them, begin to start a relationship with them, praying all the time for God to use it for their salvation. That's what we're after. This whole week of 410, uh, I'll say more next Sunday, but let me just say some now, is because God has called us to do that. I shared during the business meeting, why are we doing 410? And I went immediately to Romans 12 where it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice. When have you sacrificed for God lately? You know, we live in a culture that is as least sacrifice as possible, convenient as good. That you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Some translations say worship. Jesus told us in Matthew, go and make disciples. Matthew 28, beginning with verse 18 and following. And 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Why? And I said that this morning, I'll say it again. Our community is on its way to hell. And we are there, hope for salvation, because we know the Lord. And God has put us here 
to make sure that doesn't happen. And this is a privilege, an opportunity for us to reach out sacrificially, yes. To go, yes. To use the giftedness that God has blessed us with, yes, for him. I don't know a better way to do it than what we're going to be trying to do next week. And I pray that that might blossom within us an ongoing desire, monthly, quarterly, often, to go out into this community and share the love of Christ as he gives us opportunity. But he's given us a great opportunity starting a week from Monday. I know you're praying for Vacation Bible School now, that lives will be changed, souls will be saved, young people will come into the kingdom of God. I know you're praying for the dental bus. We filled up those appointments almost before, well, we did fill them up before we even knew what was happening. Need, and now we have a chance to say, in Jesus' name, we're going to help you with this dental problem. I hope you're praying for the outreach team that will be going out and sharing the love with first responders in our community, telling them how much we appreciate them and praying for them, praying not only for their safety but for their salvation. I hope you could maybe be a part of that and see the importance of that. I hope you'll be praying for this construction team as we go out, maybe to some of our seniors. We're not sure what all those doors are going to open. And we share the love of Christ by helping someone with a broken step. And we may save a broken hip. In Jesus' name. That's what we're about. That's what 410 is about. That's what we're trying to do. And then to worship and to eat together, and to share together, that I might get to know you better, you might get to know me better, that we might just share a laugh and a joy, we might share a problem and a tear, that we come together as God's people, and we share worship, and we share a time of being God's people. I'm excited. I'm excited about what God's up to. Blackaby in his study... The will of God says God comes along and invites us to go with him. God's going to be in the house all that week. And we're all invited to come go along with him. Sacrificially going to share the gifts of his lovely, marvelous grace. Grace so amazing that it saved a wretch like me. In a world Needs to know that. I'm excited about 410. I'm excited about worship this morning. All that was free. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would come into us now. Lord, we have come here in the busyness of life and we have paused in your presence. I want to pray for every person that was nominated to serve as a servant leader of our congregation and pray, God, that you would use this process as you always do. And, God, I just want to pray now that as we come into this place that there is life waiting for us to live it. And we just never know. Last Sunday, Brent Smith was sitting in this congregation. And we just never know, Lord. And sometimes we think that nothing's going to ever happen. And things are going to always be like they are. And the rat race is always going to run the way it runs. But, Lord, that's just not true, and you know it. 
And deep down inside, God, we know it. And so we just pray, Lord, would you prepare us? Would you strengthen us? Would you come into our presence as we come into your presence? That we might know you are our God. And it is about you and it is not about us. And God, it is my prayer and my hope that as we come before you, that you will say those things that we need to hear in such a way as you do that almost impossible thing, that almost thing that's just too far and too hard and too rare and too difficult too many times. God, that you might change us to be more like you. Oh, God, would there be one here today who would be willing to say, Lord, speak to me, and I'll listen. Tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Tell me how to change, and I'll change. Mm-mm-mm. May that be our prayer. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. singing hymn number 429, All That Thrills My Soul is Jesus.
Our dear, most gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all your many blessings, dear Lord. As our 410 project nears, dear Lord, we look forward to seeing what you can do when we serve others using the gifts that you served us. May we all do things to praise thy name. Dear Lord, we ask that you accept and bless these tithes and these offerings to be used for thy will and service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
you guys doing? Good. Okay. So I need three helpers this morning to help me with something. Do you, can, I, can I get three helpers? Anybody want to help me? It's not hard. You'll help me? Okay. So this is what I want you to do. Here, stand up. Okay. I want you to take all these books. Can you, can you hold them? Yeah? Okay. You're strong. Big muscles. Okay. I want you to take all these books over to Mr. Kevin, right up there on the front row. Can you go take them to him? Awesome. Thank you for doing that. Okay, so for helping me out this morning, I'm going to give you a penny, okay, for carrying all those books for me. You're such a big helper. Okay, can I have another helper? You want to help me? Okay. I want you to take these two books and let's see. Hmm. Let's let you go take them to... Um, Miss Clarissa, that's sitting right here. Miss Clarissa, can you wave to us right there? Can you go take them to her and just hand them to her? All right. Okay, so for you, I'm going to give you a nickel, okay? For those two books that you just carried, you get, you get a nickel. That's pretty special, right? Yeah, okay, not really. So, one book. Can someone hold this book for me? It's kind of heavy. Can someone, Reese, can you hold that? You can hold that for me? Okay, so I just want you to hold on to that, and I'm going to give you two quarters. So that's 50 cents. You just hang on to it and hold it because it's kind of heavy, okay? So what just happened here? What did Ms. Taylor do? You had, who had the most books? You had the most books. And what did you get for carrying all those books all the way over there to Mr. Kevin? A penny. A penny. A penny is one cent, right? One. Okay. And then you carried two books to Miss Clarissa right over there. And what'd you get? You got a nickel. And nickel's how many cents? Five cents. Yeah. And then Reese over here, just lounging, she's holding my one book, right? And she gets two quarters. How much is one quarter? How much is it? 25 cents. So she gets 50 cents just for sitting there holding that book. She didn't even have to get up. She can get two pieces of bubble gum with that in some places. Okay. Right? So this is, this is what I'm getting at. Okay. I want, I want to read you a little bit of this story that Pastor Gary is going to be talking about this morning. It says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became so angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look. All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead. 
and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So in the story that Pastor Gary is going to be talking about today, there are two brothers, okay? The younger brother, he gets a lot of money from his dad, okay? He takes that money and he goes off and he parties and he completely uses all of it, all of it up, okay? While his older brother stays home and he helps out his dad. He's working day and night for his dad. He's doing everything he can to help him out. And he doesn't get anything. Well, then the younger brother comes back and the dad's like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad my son has come home. We're gonna have a party, even though you've wasted all of my money and you've done nothing to help me out, but we're gonna party. So it's kind of like what I just gave you guys. It's not really fair, right? It's not fair that I gave you a penny for carrying all those books all the way over there. And I gave Reese two quarters for sitting there to hold a book. It's kind of like those brothers, right? It doesn't seem fair. But here's the deal, guys, and here's what the point of this story is. This story is about forgiveness and that sometimes forgiveness may not seem fair, but it's right. And it's what God wants us to do. And so sometimes in our lives, things are going to happen that don't seem quite fair. And we're going to think, you know, I really don't know if I want to forgive this person or be happy for this person. Like the older brother in the story, when he's so mad because his brother comes home, I have two brothers. And let me tell you, I would have been mad if my parents had done that. If my brothers had gone off and wasted all our money and they came home and they threw a party for them, I'd be upset. I understand this brother. But what his dad wants him to know is that they're family and that they forgive each other. And so this morning, I want you guys to forgive Miss Taylor for doing you wrong with the money. And next week, if I get some more quarters, I can give you guys quarters, okay? I just, that's all the quarters I had because I use a check card. We'll talk about it later. Um... <laughs> But anyway, I'm, I'm sorry for doing that, but we'll, we'll make it right, okay? Um, but that's what I want you guys to remember this morning, that sometimes we still have to forgive people even when it's hard to do, okay? Would y'all pray with me? God, I thank you so much for these children and for what they teach us, God. God, I thank you that you do challenge us sometimes with forgiving others, but we know that that is what is right and that is what you call us to do, God. Help us to do that even when it's hard. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our reading this morning is from the 26th chapter of Leviticus. But if they confess their sins and the sins of their ancestors, the treacherous things they did to oppose me, I will oppose them and bring them into the lands of their enemies. Then, if they humble their uncircumcised hearts and accept their guilt, I will remember my promise to Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham, because I am the Lord their God. As we pray this morning, I want to 
let you know that Dalton Smith is at Team Valley Ranch and going to be there this summer working uh, with the ministry there. Uh, we're going to have his address next week. If you want to do something this week, you can uh, see Crystal. But uh, if you'd like to send him a, an encouragement, if you've ever gone away from home for a long time for the first time, uh, a word, a card, they can be a blessing. So please note that. We certainly want to continue to remember uh, those in prayer. We want to remember Brent uh, in our thoughts and prayers. He is doing uh, better yesterday. I haven't heard today. They're going to do a procedure tomorrow to try to help an artery. So we want to keep Brent in our thoughts and prayers in a very special way. Nettie may be coming home today. Uh, her hip replacement went well. Sarah McGee, he is home. We want to keep her lifted up in uh, our thoughts and prayers. And Debbie continues to need our prayers as she's still going to be a couple more days. The word yesterday was probably not going to need emergency surgery. That was really on the table up until yesterday. So we are grateful that she's responding uh, to these high-powered IV antibiotics. We want to keep her lifted up in our thoughts and prayers. There are many names on this list. It is a holy and a sacred list. And it is our responsibility to be good stewards of this list. So I invite you to take your bulletins with you when you leave and keep this list before you. Would you pray with me? God, we are here in all kind of ways. If we take the two ends of the spectrums of the younger son and the older son, we all fall somewhere on that spectrum, on that line. Our hope is that we fall exactly where you would have us. And so, Lord, although none of us can earn our salvation, Every one of us who have been saved have been recreated for good works. And so if there are things in our life today that are not pleasing in your sight, that make us more like the younger son who is squandering your gifts on riotous and reckless living, then may we hear a word. Or should we be more like the older son who seems to have a root of bitterness and unforgiveness in his spirit. And even though he might well justify it by the world's standards, would you remind us we do not live nor measure our walk by the earthly standard. So where we are, oh God, would you speak to us? I want the church to be different because we're here today. I want our hearts to be different because your Holy Spirit will visit us today. I want the community to have a different influence this coming week because we're in your presence right now and we're willing to say, here my Lord, use me. May that be our prayer. In the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray.
Oh, I love that song. Thank you, choir. I love that image. How many of us realize we're still kind of lumpy? That we still need to be molded by God to be made into the vessel that He needs us to be, that He wants us to be. If you have your Bibles, open with me to Luke's Gospel, the 15th chapter. We're going to look at five verses. Next Sunday's Father's Day, and we'll look at the father's response to both his sons. We looked at the younger son last week for a short period of time. Today I want us to look at the older son. Okay, I need you to raise your hand if you know what I'm fixing to talk about. How many of you know, just a working knowledge... If you're over 60, you don't even have to raise your hand. I know you know. Bonanza. Raise your hand. Bonanza. Raise them high. Okay, okay. All right, we've got to have a quick lesson on Bonanza. Because this is what I always think of when I read this story. Bonanza was an old cowboy story. It was Ben, who was the dad, right? Little Joe who's the younger son, and Hoss, who's the uh, older son. I don't think I was watching it when Adam got in there. I don't know how that all worked out. We're not worried about Adam today. Just Hoss and Ben, dad, Hoss, older son, little Joe, and Ponderosa. They always burned that map when it came on, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so he was a, a tremendous cattle operator, farmer, big landowner, rancher, uh, I'll come back to that, okay? Luke chapter 15. We're going to read the story of Hoss, <laughs> the older son. We're, we're going to, we, we worked with little Joe last week. And, uh, you know, little Joe, uh, Michael Landon, he, when he grew older, he redeemed himself. He went to a little house on the prairie. Y'all ever heard of that one? You know? Okay, he redeemed himself, just so you know. Worked out well. But today we're going to look at Hoss. We're going to look at a story that you know when you first read it, you're going to say, what's wrong with that? That's how I'd feel. That's exactly how I'd feel. That is exactly how I would feel. He's right. Why in the world would Jesus take the story? Let's read the text where I get going, okay? If you're able, would you stand as a way of honoring the reading of our Lord's word? We begin to read in verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and he asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf and he has received him back safe and sound. But he, the older son, was angry. And he refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I've served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. And you never even gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, 
who has devoured your property. Jesus chose that word carefully. With prostitutes. You killed the fatted calf for him. Wow. May God add his blessing and grant us understanding of his most holy word. Would you pray with me? God, would you speak to us for just a moment or two this morning? For Lord, there's some things about us that we need to change. So we invite you to mold us and make us after your will. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, in the first two verses of this story, and I shared with you last time, just a quick review, there are three parables that Jesus gives back to back to back. They are in reference to his audience, and his audience is found in verses 1 and 2. Those are tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to him to hear him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Now, this is three diversely different groups with entirely different experiences in life. The tax collectors were considered to be the traitors who had sold out the Jewish family to the Roman government and they were collecting the Roman taxes and they were taking an unfair cut, many of them, off of those taxes and they were living a luxurious, high-class, high-dollar, high-economic life in this difficult time. Sinners was also a diverse group. It had one group in it that would be the sick, a society that saw sickness as God's punishment for sin. You may remember the story the disciples asked Jesus when a man was born crippled. They said, whose sin was it? Was it his sin or his parents' sin? They saw a, a disability as a punishment for some sin. And so when Jesus spoke of sinners, you could see a, a motley crowd of folks with all kind of physical ailments. But also, it included those that were immoral. The prostitutes. Those that were, were living a, a life of crime or a life of rebellion like the younger son. And then there were the scribes and the Pharisees who were the religious leaders. They were the political leaders as well. Luke often groups them together more than any of the other Gospels. In Luke 5, 30, he throws them together. In Luke 7, 34, he throws them together. And here in our text today, he gives us this story. And then Jesus tells three parables. He tells of a lost sheep. He tells of a lost coin. And then he tells the story that we're looking at today, the prodigal. In those, there's always a losing a searching, a finding, and a rejoicing in all three of the stories. But in this story, well, there's trouble. Because little Joe went to Ben and said, I want a third of the Ponderosa. And Hall said, Dad, we can't do without that land. A third? You're going to sell a third of the Ponderosa? What are we going to do? Where are we going to put the cattle? What, what about our operation? We've got it so worked out. It's going to change everything. We're going to have to buy more material. We're going to have to rework everything. It's going to be long hours. It's going to be hard. And now I've got to do the work that he was doing. Dad, why are you doing this? 
But Ben said, it's all right, Hoss. Let little Joe go. You see, right now, the Holy Spirit is like that father saying, I want us to come as a church, as individuals, and I want to love you, but some of us may, oh, God help us know, but some of us may say, no, no, I'm, I'm still enjoying the reckless life right now. I haven't used it all up yet. I've still got some. So I still want to do it my way. Oh, Hoss was mad. And so then he tells this story of this son coming back. Little Joe shows back up, I guess, on that painted pony that he rode. And Ben just welcomes him back. And then we get this story. There's some points here I want us to understand. The oldest son wasn't invited to the party. Did you see that? Did you catch that? Jesus, Jesus was a master story. By the way, let me pause right here. Y'all know this didn't really happen, amen? This is a fictitious story. This is a parable. This is a, a make-believe story. That may help us because sometimes we get all kind of detailed questions. Jesus was telling a story for a point, and boy, what a tremendous story. There are thousands of points in this story. If I had time, I could get, we could see some stuff. But in the midst of Jesus telling this story, this difficult story, this, this mm, kind of story. I want us to think about family forgiveness. And I want you to think about it in your family. Is there a brokenness? It seems to happen all the time. I mean, it just happens all the time over all kind of things. Is there brokenness? And I'm going to challenge you to give it to God. And I'm going to challenge you the, the, the way to do that, to get at family forgiveness, is we're going to look at three F's that Hoss got wrong, the older brother got wrong. We're going to look at three F's that are going to change everything about where we go in forgiveness. And the first thing he got wrong was he got the facts wrong. He began to think as he heard this story. He heard it from the... He, 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 now, this was an unannounced arrival in Jesus' story. He, he, you get this image of, of, of Ben looking down the road, hoping to see little Joe all the time. Seems like every time he walks out, he looks. Have you ever seen a snake in your yard? Do you look? Uh, yeah, I just got a bad look from our associate who got one a few weeks. Every time you go out, where's the first place you look? Where that snake was, amen? That's the first place. Well, in a positive way, and you might say, well, he was a snake, but I'm not going to go there with little Joe. He looked. It's as though every time he walked outside, he had one desire. That was to see his son returning. It's a picture of the father. Today, God would love to see us return to him. I wonder today, 
Is there some area? Would we be brave enough and honest enough to say, there is some area of my life where I've wandered away? Then know the Father's looking for you. And so this unannounced arrival takes place, and, and he just shows up. And in the spontaneous love of a father, in a love that just bubbles out, in a love that's been held up and hoped for, just like God waiting for a repentant sinner to come home, this dad is looking for his son, and when he sees him, it changes everything. And he immediately goes into celebration mode. Go read the other two parables. It's how God works. It's how he wants to work. When he finds a lost sheep, he throws a party. When we find the lost coin, he throws a party. When the wayward son comes home, hallelujah, he throws a party. But boy, that older son, Hoss, he began to unpack this, didn't he? What in the world's going on? I don't remember any party. It, it's not a holiday. What in the world's going on? What's happening? And so servants are busy because they're servicing this party. He, he's invited the whole village. I, I read one place that they said that when a son would be a prodigal and go away like this, they would sometimes have a funeral. And how embarrassing it would be for the father to now call the community to a party. But that's, that's the image that we get. There's a party. And, and here the older son who's been working in the field. And he comes home. And he doesn't know anything about it. Now if you don't think that'd make you mad, you're lying, okay? I'm just telling you. You'd be mad about that. I'd be mad about that. Jesus wants us to see that his grace. It's beyond even our emotions, our understanding. He wants us to see that it is just, <laughs> oh, we sing amazing grace, but it doesn't come close to God's grace. And he pours it out. And, and, and here, here he is, and he begins to think, servant, come tell me what's going on. Oh, you, you won't believe what's going on. Now, I don't know how this servant told the story. You know, we, Jesus just tells it. You know, I wonder if this servant... Told it in a way to really punch his fire. You know what I'm saying? You ever told a story that you could really punch somebody's fire? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How you say it, how you choose your words, what you leave out, what you don't tell. Well, whether he meant to pull his chain or not, he did. And he gave him the, he gave him the facts. Your son's come back. Your father's received him. He's happy. He's safe. He's sound. By the way, let me remind us of, of, of what the story tells us in Jesus' magnificent story. What would have been the fate of little Joseph if he hadn't come home? He would have died. He would have died. He was on a path. He was out of money. He was out of resources. He was out of hope. He had nothing. He was on death's door. But that older brother, Hoss, began to say, he's gone too far. Uh-uh. Nuh-uh. Nah. Nah. A party? A party? And what else, what else did he do? Well, he had us to kill the fatty calf. He did what? They didn't eat meat very often in their meals. They usually saved their meat. A, to either sell as commerce or B, for special occasions like festivals 
like Passover, like Pentecost, like the Feast of the Booze. That's when they ate meat. Really? Really? That's what Dad thought he ought to do? This rascal has returned. He's going he's to want to sell more to Ponderosa. He's going to put us in bankruptcy. He's coming back to ruin us. He's come, and my dad doesn't get it. And he's, mm, Dad, what are you doing? It's hard not to see it, isn't it? I mean, it's hard not. I think it's there. At this point, the scribes and Pharisees were saying, you go on, Jesus. You finally get this story right. We with this young, we, we, we with Hoss. Hoss got it going on. He's right. I hope he's going to go in there. I hope this story goes, and he's going to go in there, and he's going to grab little Joe by the nap of the neck, and Hoss could do it, by the way. He's going to pick him up, and he's going to throw him right out the window. And just get out of here. I'm in charge now. Dad gave me a lifetime, right? You messed up. You're not going to mess up anymore. Get out of here. It's what you deserve. You've earned it. You don't deserve it. You've earned it. Get out of here. That's what they thought he was going to say. But that isn't what he's going to say, is it? He must have thought since he wasn't invited, he wasn't loved. I heard a story about a, a kind of a difficult lady in the church. And they were giving this big tea outside. They had decorated and planted, and they sent invitations. And accidentally, they realized just before it started, they had not sent her an invitation. The air went out of the room. You know what I'm saying? The air went out of the room. Oh, this ain't good. So the pastor went in immediately. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was an oversight. Nobody, it's unintentional. Would you please come to which he replied, nope, it's too late. I've already started praying for rain. <laughs> You see, that's how the older son was. It was too late. I wasn't invited. You can't, you can't invite me now. You, you can't make this okay now, Dad. You, you can't fix this now, Dad. You, you've gone too far, Dad. And then he said to his dad, Really, Dad? He gave him the fatty. You know, his dad, he didn't go in. Dad came out. Come back next week. We'll talk more about Dad. But then he began to do what I do, and maybe what you do, and what is a problem, and how we get our facts wrong when we're dealing with family, whether it be church family, whether it be our family. It's easy to compare blessings. Do you see what he did there? Look at what he's done. Look at what I've done. Look at what he's done, and look at what I've done. He gave him a fatty calf. I ain't, ever, I ain't got a goat. <laughs> and even back then, there was a difference between cows and goats, okay, as far as meat was concerned. God loves us, and his love is so strong that it transcends our, our, our facts. This father, this father was not doing anything wrong other than saving his younger son. He would ultimately save his older son as well, or at least give that opportunity. 
I'm going to say one sentence that is a tremendous truth. It's so simple, it feels like it is unimportant, but it is maybe the most important thing I'm about to say. And it is a transcendence that you and I are called to live in, and when we discover the power of living in this truth, it changes everything. God's love is based on relationship, not circumstances. You might not have heard that. Let me say it again. You see, we get the facts all kind of wrong when we start looking at circumstances. How many of us believe in eternal life? How many of us believe that heaven is forever? that heaven is a reality, that Jesus was right when he said, I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you will be also. How many of us believe that? Because if you don't believe that, you'll act differently. You'll act like everything's right here, and then all of a sudden circumstances become monumental. Because if all we got is, is four score and 10, three score and 10, if we live to 90, whatever it is, if this is all there is, then we need to stop listening to this voice and this voice. And we need to start listening to CNN and, and all those worlds out there. And we need to go and get all we can, as long as we can, and enjoy it for as long as we can. And then when we die, invite the preacher to pray and preach vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Uselessness, uselessness, all is useless. But if we believe, if we believe that God's word is true and we believe that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins and if we're saved, we'll spend eternity in heaven. There's a ponderosa like we ain't never seen that he's got prepared for us. Then circumstances are not that important. Because when you got the facts wrong, you got your focus wrong. I'm going to ask us another difficult question here this morning. You see, Hoss compared himself to little Joe. The older brother compared himself to his younger brother. Are you ready for my question? Are you your standard? Are you your standard? Do you measure your faith by your standard, by your life, by how you want to live it, by how you're going to do it, by your decisions? I want to tell you, most of us do. Most of us do. Are we the standard? You see, if we understand that we're not the standard, that we can't measure success by our way of thinking, but we've got to measure success by God's way of thinking. That's why Jesus told this irritating story. He wanted us to see that God was in control, that God was, he told all kind of irritating stories, very similar to the children's sermon. You remember the story about the day laborers that came in the morning and worked all day, and then some came later, and some came later, and some came later when they finally paid them. They paid them all the same. We don't understand that, and we don't like that. Why? Because we're focused on circumstances and God's focused on relationships. If we focus on the wrong thing, I, I read there was a friend of mine, I, he joined our church. I was the chaplain for East Carteret High School football team a hundred years ago. And I met the coach there, Tom Frazier, and he later became a member of the church I was pastoring in Beaufort. 
became a deacon, and I enjoyed following him. And he found this fellow who's called the Reverend Mountain Man. You might want to find him on Facebook. I just read a little of what I read, but this is the quote that he got from the Reverend Mountain Man, and, and, and I want you to hear it. Okay, poke somebody next to you if you're getting sleepy. We're about done, but I want you to hear this. Do we think God is happy when we focus on our understanding? And here's what he says. To do what makes you happy is toxic for a Christian. We're not called to do what makes us happy. We are called to do what glorifies God. Amen. Listen to that again. We're not called to do what makes us happy. We are called to glorify God. That's what we're called to do. And if our focus is on making us happy, he goes on to say, Christianity is not always about sunshine and happiness. It is hard work and dedication to him, not us. Dedication to him, not us. So here's the question. I'm going to ask it a different way. Are we our standard or is God our standard? Are we measuring how we do our faith by our standard, by our understanding, in our power, in our strength, in our tradition, in our denomination, in our church life? Or are we going to be searching for the word of God and we're going to say, Make me and mold me after thy will. That's the call. And I come to the end about forgiveness. If you've got the wrong facts, it'll lead to the wrong focus. And that'll lead us to the last place this morning. To the wrong future. Now usually in Jesus' story, he has a happy ending. Or at least... An ending. It may not be happy. I know some stories didn't end so happily. But they all have an ending. Not this one. Not this one. I, I mean, the two before it, they ended happily. You remember it? Found the sheep, came back and had a party. Woohoo! That was good. Found the coin. That was good. Had a party. Now we got a party going on, and we got an older son who won't go in. And the story ends. Is he going to go in and grab little Joe and throw him through the window? Maybe. We don't know. Jesus stops the story. Is he going to go in and embrace his pig smelly brother? He's got on a new rope, man. He's got a ring on his finger. He's got sandals on his feet. Probably didn't make that older brother very happy. But anyway, what's he going to do? Leaves it. A cliffhanger. You can keep reading in Luke 16, 17, 18. You're not going to find out. Go to Matthew, Mark, John. I'm not going to tell you. That's how it ends. That brings me to the end of my sermon. How's our future? Where are we going? How are we leading? Are we going to continue to throw somebody out the window? They deserve it, preacher. Amen. I know. 
You don't know what they did. I, you're right, I don't. But I know what Jesus did. If you want an example of one who never focused on circumstances, Jesus is your man. Because if you want to know what his circumstances were, they were betrayed by one of his disciples, being arrested, being beaten, being stripped naked, hauled out of the city, nailed to a tree, and hung until he died. That's his circumstances. And you know the last thing he said on the cross? Father, forgive them. Who's your standard? Family forgiveness. Don't have the wrong facts. It'll lead you to the wrong focus and lead you to the wrong future. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, sometimes we're not invited. Forgive us when we pray for rain. Sometimes we're angry. And Lord, sometimes it's justifiable. But remind us, O oh God, that we have been purchased with that blood that flowed from Calvary's tree that cleansed our sin and washed us and will ultimately one day dry up every tear and right every wrong and righteousness shall reign. And Lord, may we indeed live with the right facts that you are our standard, not us, not this world that you are our focus, not ourselves, not the circumstances. And when we get that right, Lord, thank you for our future, that one day you'll come again and receive us unto yourself, that where you are, there we shall be forever. If there's one here today who doesn't know your forgiveness, then may today be the day. Lord, you know every need. You know every decision that should it be made for you today would alter the future. May we make those decisions according to your loving grace. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of decision is page 273, Freely, Freely. This morning, if you need to make some decision with your Lord and for your Lord, we would invite you to do so as we stand together.
If you're on the nominating committee, remember you're gonna meet right down here for just a moment. If you're a VBS worker, two o'clock in the WC Harwood and the youth room at four o'clock for those going to Caswell. And if I quit spoon feeding y'all all the time, y'all would read the bulletin and know what to do. But anyway, <laughs> please be at those meetings. We need you there. And uh, You know what's right outside the doors? The future. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in his power and in his abiding presence that we might be his forgiving people in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? God, go with us from here. But we don't know what the future holds. But when you hold our hand, it's okay. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.